Welcome to Pure and Simple, a podcast from NCMPR that spotlights community college marketing and PR professionals. Hear from NCMPR members as they share their personal and professional experiences and tell stories from the field. I'm your host, Jeff Julian, a proud member of NCMPR and Interim Chief of Staff Board Liaison at Harper College in Palatine, Illinois. Today's guest is Dan Baum. Dan is Executive Director of Strategic Communications for Anne Arundel Community College in Maryland. He leads a team of award-winning creative services and marketing and PR professionals who rely on the team values of impact, collaboration, and creativity. Dan has been at AACC since 2011 and has nearly 30 years of experience in the profession. Well, Dan, welcome to the show. It's going to be a podcast about podcasts, so it's kind of Seinfeldian in that regard. So we're really glad to have you. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm flattered, and hopefully it's not a show about nothing. <laughs> Let's. Yes, exactly. We will work together to create a show that's not about nothing. So, you know, to me, the, the the question, you know, you you run a shop at your community college, and you know, I'm sure you have a lot to do on a regular basis. So, what made you, as you were sitting around your office one day, say, you know what, we should really start doing a podcast? It's a great question. Like most departments, we are always trying to stretch ourselves and and make sure we're taking advantage of the latest and greatest. So that's part of it. But for me personally, the question really was, what is my current creative contribution? I think you get to a certain administrative level, you find yourself a little further removed from the day-to-day creative. And I've always loved radio. I think it's a phenomenal medium. And I think podcasts are somewhat reviving the art of radio. And so I thought a podcast might be something that would fit. And I pitched it to the team and said, if this is just a passion project of mine, we don't have to do it. But if this seems to fit with what we're all about, let's try it. That's what I was going to ask you. I I wondered, how did your team react? Did you get an enthusiastic, yes, let's do this? Or was there some trepidation on their part? There was a pretty enthusiastic yes. Yes. It was almost like we we often say we're sort of like forming a band. We have our individual instruments or contributions, but we've never come together to produce a song or perform. And this has been that challenge. And everybody was up for the challenge and really excited about it. So everybody was on board pretty quickly. I was I was pretty excited too. So talk about the makeup of the team that's putting these podcasts together because you're sort of you're using your existing team, correct? Yes, absolutely. So starting with our our videographer who is an outstanding editor and is comfortable doing sound editing as well as video editing. So he does the primary production and puts all of that together. Our creative director plays the role of executive producer. She determines the guests, she lines them up. We have regular weekly meetings. She's extremely organized, so she keeps us all on task. I play the role of host, and our website content manager, who is an outstanding writer and has lamented that she doesn't get to do enough writing in her role, has joined the team and works very closely with our producer, going over the transcript, editing, writes voiceover. And so that that's kind of our core team. In addition to that, of course, we have PR capabilities. So we do social media, publicity around it. 
And because of our graphic design capability, we can design things. And our senior graphic designer has created the logo and has done some original illustrations that go with each episode, which are really fantastic. So I, I feel like community colleges are ripe with stories, right? We always have great stories to tell, whether it's about our students or our alumni or community members or faculty and staff. So I'm sure Anne Arundel Community Colleges is is no different. But as you sat down to think about how you were going to take these stories and translate them to a podcast, what stood out to you as as some of the challenges in doing that? Well, the concept came out of an advertising campaign we've been running for a number of years called Redefine Yourself. And that's become, for me, almost like a mantra that throughout our lives we have the opportunity to redefine ourselves. And we sometimes we're challenged to redefine ourselves because of some circumstance. So that's really the, the birth of it, was to find stories of students who are transforming their lives or have gone through the process of transformation and then pairing that story with a subject matter expert because along with the stories that we have as you mentioned we have a number of subject matter experts who can come at it from a variety of disciplines such as psychology or addictions counseling or uh, working with veterans so the challenge was really format we saw this as like a mashup of some of the podcasts that we really like, such as maybe American Life or um, some of the, the ones that, that have a, a good story to it, as well as good information. So that, that was the, the challenge of putting that format together. But we knew we were going to have a wealth of stories, and that wasn't going to be the hard part. Now, you mentioned that this came from an, an advertising campaign. How do you keep the podcast itself, the the episodes themselves, from from sounding like an advertisement for for the institution? Certainly, you want to be promoting the programs and the services and the institution itself. But how do you walk that fine line? And and what what would you say your guiding principles are to make sure that you know if if I'm somebody who's just dropping in and not necessarily interested in community college or higher ed, that I'm still interested in in this podcast. Our guiding principle was this is not a cell of the college. So the emphasis was we want to tell compelling stories of transformation, and we want our guests to be able to tell their stories so that someone who gets sucked in and hooked is going to say, wait, I can do that there? Or that person teaches there? I want I want to learn from that person. So it's not a hard sell. So the emphasis has been we are not trying to pitch the college. Nobody's going to want to listen to a 30-minute pitch about the college. But if it's a compelling story, then they might get sucked into what we're all about and want to learn more about us. Now, that makes perfect sense to me, but how do you sit in a conference room with leadership and tell them, hey, we want to do a podcast, but we're not going to sell the college? Well, we are getting Seinfeld, aren't we? It's like, it's like the show <laughs> about nothing already. No, that, that's that's what I feel very blessed is that my vice president, I, I report to a vice president and the president both have a lot of confidence in our department, our team, and we're behind it when we said this is going to be a showcase of our the best of the best. And that that's really what got them hooked. And we were able to play them excerpts so they could feel the tone of it. 
now that we've launched it, we can then also share them, share with them data and can, they can see that people are visiting the website. They're going to the page. So if, if I'm talking to a member of the faculty who teaches in psychology, then we can see the number of hits to the psychology page following the launch of the episode. So we have data to back up. What we said initially is that people will be interested once they hear our story. What's been the reaction thus far from your listeners, from the college community, and from some of the people whose stories you've featured on the podcast? That has been the most gratifying part. It's been overwhelmingly positive. And the part I didn't anticipate was the amount of pride that the college community would feel and the amount of text messages, emails, and people stopping us along the way. You're walking around campus and people giving you a shout out. So the community itself is really excited. We knew that we were going to be focusing on our, on our area, our county, but surprisingly we've shown up in Spain and England and India. So that's pretty exciting too. Initially I said, if just one person listens, I'll be happy. But now when I see the data and I see where we're ranked within a particular episode, maybe we fall in the first top 30% or then 20%. I want more. Or if we have one episode that doesn't have as many downloads as the previous episode, I want more of that too. So now I'm hooked on the data as well. So as you put together these podcasts and you select the stories and you start to formulate how it's going to unfold, how are you using the podcasts themselves, the, the episodes themselves, to support other marketing efforts or communications efforts that, that you're working on? Have you seen ways to capitalize on that or, or create synergy uh, across channels and platforms or, or you know, reusing stories? Well, we do have the transcripts and we have a short bio and we have that information shows up in social media. And so we, we do all of that as well, but we haven't crossed over into advertising or some of the other areas uh, as you're describing. It's more that the overall structure of it supports the broader message of redefining yourself. So if you look at it from the opposite direction of redefine yourself, what are all the different ways that we get that message out? We live in interesting times that at one end of the spectrum, we can have people who have not enough attention span to watch more than six seconds of video. So we have six second video spots that run on Hulu and in other places like YouTube and such. And then at the other end of the spectrum, we have people who are willing to listen to a 30, 40 minute deep dive conversation. So I would look at it from the messaging of the redefine yourself campaign and that we run the, the entire spectrum around that messaging. You serve as the host for the podcast. What makes you a good host and what's been your favorite part about hosting thus far? Well, I think all of us who are in this profession get pretty good at asking questions that dig a little deeper and go beyond the surface level so that you, you keep saying, so what, so what, so what, until you get to the real heart of it. So I think that's something that I bring to the table that anyone in my position, any of us who've been in this profession for a while are accustomed to doing that. So that comes somewhat naturally. The part that's most gratifying is to hear the the stories at such a personal level and that people are willing to open up and be candid. I was talking before about measuring the results. And one of the things that we joke about 
is tears per episode. That's our new measurement is TPE because sometimes it. it gets, it gets really deep and we all get sucked in and we have tissues handy. And that's been, that's been really rewarding is that people are willing to open up, uh, in the way they have. And I'm privileged to have that conversation with them. Can you share an example or a story where you were behind the mic and you, you know, were unexpectedly caught off guard by, by an emotion like that, by a, a reaction to, to someone's story? Well, it started with the very first episode. I interviewed a colleague who is a single mom of a severely disabled child and so many of moments within that conversation, we're both reaching for tissues and she'd get teared up and then I would, in response, get teared up. So that started right off the bat. But the one I think that threw us all was we had a dean who came in and was telling us her story. We initially thought she would serve as a subject matter expert, but the more we talked to her, we realized that she had a pretty compelling story of her own. And I looked over at Jeremiah and Allison, who are producer and executive producer, and they're both fumbling around trying to find where the tissues are because they're getting so choked up and I can't reach them fast enough. And I'm getting choked up. It was just a cry fest, the whole thing. So um, I'm thinking that like, like many of uh, our, our efforts, we, we think externally, right? That this is a way to attract protect uh, prospective students or to, to move donors or, or alumni to come back and participate. But this also seems like a really great way to shine a light on faculty and staff and, and uh, that, that it could be a really good vehicle for internal communication as well. Absolutely. And that's another really rewarding part, as I said, the the way the community has embraced it. And that is an initiative I forgot to mention when you asked about sort of cross-pollinating. We have been focusing on faculty excellence. That is something that we have a whole list of activities around that. And we had not anticipated how the podcast would really feed into that and absolutely has. The number of faculty have come up and thanked us for shining a spotlight on what they do has been really rewarding. So if you've got a big team or a small team, big budget, small budget, how doable is this uh, uh, for, for anybody who, who's listening, who's thinking, I, I want to start a podcast at, at my college? Well, absolutely. Time was one of our first concerns was, would we have time to do this? I think part of it has to do with the format. We selected a more complicated format in that we have a story that serves as bookends. We start the story, then we pause, and then we insert the conversation with the subject matter expert, and then we end with the story. And we need voiceover that bridges those sections. So we have to write that out, and then we have music and everything. We could have selected a different format. And one is just a straight-out interview with one person. If we wanted to have two people, we could have just done a mashup of you start with the one interview and go from start to finish, and then you just take the other interview and splice it with that. So part of it, I would say, is the format that you choose to follow. After that is how much effort you want to put into how many episodes you're going to produce. So we chose to do this on a seasonal basis where we launched in the fall with eight episodes And we had been recording all summer long so we'd be prepared for that. And so then 
by the time we're launching in the fall, we're starting to identify the guests for the spring, and then we start recording. I have to admit that this spring just got extremely busy, and we came down to the wire on our first few episodes of the second season. So I would say format and how you how often you plan to run the podcast or, or release the episodes are two pretty important factors. So based on that, you can have a small team. The equipment available today is phenomenal, and you don't have to do it live in a studio or anything like that. So I would say the the way you you frame it up from the beginning will help determine how much time, how much commitment. Let's say you were a professional development organization, a membership-driven organization geared towards marketing and, communi- and, and communications professionals at community colleges, and you were going to start a podcast, what kind of advice would you give to that group whose, oh. whose name may or may not be NCMPR? Yeah, first I would say, what a phenomenal idea. That's fantastic. You should absolutely do it. Well, much like the stories available at community colleges, you have a wealth of talent and information out there. So you can tap that community in the same way that we're tapping our community. You know, one of the things that I love about NCMPR is just hearing from my colleagues. What have they been doing? How are they doing it? There's so much to learn from each other. So I would say just tap those, that talent. Excellent. Dan, thank you so much for your time. This was really an enlightening conversation and I'm going to go right to my phone and subscribe to redefine you and start listening immediately. Excellent. Jeff, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me and I wish NCMPR much success on the new podcast. Thank you, Dan. Pure and Simple is presented by the National Council for Marketing and Public Relations, an organization for marketing and PR professionals at the nation's two-year community colleges. For membership information, visit ncmpr.org.